Welcome, my name is Michael Aceta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs Podcast. Gaslighting your dog. What an interesting topic. How are you gaslighting your dog? Gaslighting is a very popular term right now, and I actually had to look up what gaslighting meant when I first heard it. It is not something that uh, I fully understood at first, but now that I've done my research, I was wondering, man, there's a lot of people who gaslight their dogs. Clients that I work with, trainers that I've spoken with, they are gaslighting their dogs, and I think it is so baffling to me. Because once you understand the capacity that a dog has for learning and the motivation they have to please you, how could you possibly gaslight a dog? So today I want to talk about maybe you are gaslighting your dog and what you should be looking for to make sure you're not. Because gaslighting your dog is going to stop you from having the success and productivity throughout your training that you could have. So first, let's define what is gaslighting. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser, right, the dog trainer or the owner, attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion into their victim's mind. The victim in this case would be the dog. Okay, I'm not saying you're gaslighting your dog and that you are an abuser of your dog. That's not what I'm saying. And maybe in a couple years we would consider gaslighting your dog an abusive defense. An offense, actually, not defense. Maybe. I don't know. But by the definition of gaslighting, it's a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion into their victim's mind. The only way I can see this in a dog's perspective is when they shut down. And I've seen it time and time again. In fact, I just saw a video yesterday. A gentleman pulled up an e-collar, and you could see the dog run away run away, not just cower, not just put its tail between its legs. It ran away and hid underneath an agility obstacle. It wanted no part of that collar. Now that's not gaslighting. That's not gaslighting. But it is a form of abuse, that collar. Okay, and he did not put the collar on the dog, and his demonstration was your dog should not have this type of reaction. But that dog did. And so they had to work on it, and they had to make the dog comfortable around those things, and I don't think they ever use the e-collar again. But it's psychological manipulation. Now, you can't necessarily psychologically manipulate your dog. Okay, You can't talk to them and manipulate the words they're saying because they don't speak to us. However, you can sow self-doubt and confusion into your dog. You can definitely do that. And that's more so what I want to talk about. Dogs that shut down, dogs that learn what's called learned helplessness. They have no idea what to do. They are so confused that they just stop trying. I was working with a beautiful dog. I believe he was about eight or nine years old. His name was Domino. And the owner had practically done this, exactly what I'm talking about, gaslit the dog and corrected it so much that it gave up. It wouldn't look at you. It wouldn't try to learn anything. It would just sit there and and wait for its abuse. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And she had waited eight or nine years to get the dog trained because she was moving somewhere and she needed the dog trained in order to get approved to live in the apartment she was moving to. 
Terrible situation. We worked on it. We worked on it. We worked on it. And we had to have some very difficult conversations about her lifestyle and how she treated the dog because she was gaslighting it. Now, I want to give you another definition of gaslighting, and that's going to help us really understand what's going on here. The second definition is distorting reality and forcing the victim to question their own judgment and intuition. That's what she did. She distorted reality, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, how we distort reality. And she forced the victim to question their own judgment and intuition. That's what happened to Domino. He questioned his own judgment and intuition. He couldn't think for himself anymore because he was afraid to. He was so confused, and he was questioning everything. Well, if I move this way, I might get corrected. If I do something, I might get corrected. If I try something, I might get corrected. That's not good. That's not good for your dog's mental health. That's not good for their learning. That's not good for your training. And that's not good for your progress. How am I supposed to communicate well with my dog if they're so confused and so stressed out that they're not even going to try to learn? That is what happened to Domino, and that is what happened to that owner. She made that dog question every single decision that dog made. And because of that, the dog didn't want to do anything. If you have done this with your dog, maybe in the beginning, maybe a past dog, or maybe you've seen it online or you've worked with a trainer whose dog just doesn't do anything, and I don't mean relaxed. I don't mean they told him to go to place and the dog relaxed peacefully. I mean that dog has no other option besides just sitting there and waiting in a, a, a frantic state. Okay, that's, that's what I'm talking about today. So correcting your dog because they can't make their own choices is technically a form of gaslighting. Okay, you think that they can't make their own choices. And so instead, you decide to make all the choices for them because they can't make them. And you manipulate the situation in which your dog starts to self-doubt and question their own judgment and intuition. That is not necessary, especially when it comes to newer forms of dog training and the information we have today. It is completely unnecessary to be doing that. Your dog is so smart, so intellectual, intellectual, intelligent. Your dog is so intelligent. They don't need you to be giving them information constantly. In fact, that's one of the opposites of old school training and new school training. And I think there's a difference between what balanced trainers believe and clicker trainers believe, right? Balanced trainers will say, I have to give the dog more information, more tactile feedback. I have to give them everything. And maybe that's true for that individual. But they believe that the dog cannot understand without those tools. Instead, a clicker trainer who uses shaping will say, well, I'm just going to give my dog a successful approximation. I'm going to say, well, you're on the right path, and the dog's going to figure it out. The dog becomes smarter, more creative, more outgoing has more bubbly personality simply because the trainer allowed the dog to test things out and try things and succeed on their own. There was no failing there, right? If they fail, we just try again. There is no failing. But for a balanced trainer, there's definitely failing, and that's where the correction comes in. And most balanced trainers believe that that to be necessary. I need to correct the dog for the failure so I can get them towards the success. 
instead of rewarding the success so heavily that the dog doesn't even try the opposing side. But your dog is smart enough that you do not need to correct them for making bad choices. You just need to guide them in the right direction. Okay, you're going to guide them on the right path because you are their leader. Your goal is to teach them what they need to know. They're just going off what they know. They can't do any more or any less than what they know. Right? You only know what you know. Or you don't know what you don't know, rather. So your dog doesn't know what they don't know. They don't know that they shouldn't run out into the middle of the street. They've never been hit by a car before. As graphic as that sounds, it's true. They've never been hit by a car, so they don't know what it is like to be hit by a car. When you teach them to stop at the sidewalk before going into the street, that becomes the only thing they know. I stop before I go into the street. They still don't need to know that going into the street results in getting hit by a car. That's unimportant. What is important is the fact that they don't go into the street into the first place. This was an argument that a trainer I knew had with the facility they were working at. They would teach this exercise, as dangerous as this sounds, by having the dog stop at the curb routinely for a couple of weeks. They practiced this. And then they would have the dog blow past the curb and a car would run right in front of them to scare the dog. Very, very dangerous. But that's what the upper management thought was the only way to do it. They were teaching intelligent disobedience. If the individual told the dog to move forward and it wasn't safe, then a car would run up in front and it would scare the dog. Why not just teach the dog to ignore the command when a car is present? Okay, that's called stimulus control. That's something completely different than scaring the hell out of your dog. But I digress. <laughs> you have to teach your dog how to live in your environment because you are in charge. You are the leader. They are smart enough to learn way more than you think. Way more than you think. I believe the documented record for how many toys an animal remembered was 193. That means you could tell that dog to go fetch toy A, and it would go fetch toy A. And you could say, go fetch toy B, and it would go get toy B. 193 different toys. All because a trainer wanted to see. This might not have been a scientific study, but a trainer was just curious. So every single day, they taught a new toy, and the dog remembered 193 different toys. That's how smart dogs are. And if you think, oh, well, it was just that dog. I believe the dog was a mutt from a shelter. It wasn't a Border Collie. It wasn't a Belgian Malinois. It wasn't a German Shepherd. This was just a regular average puppy. The owner just wanted to test it out and was able to do something so miraculous that it ended up in a book called The Genius of Dogs. If you're interested in it, I'll put the link in the description. You can get it on Amazon. Great book. Great book. Now, if you're gaslighting your dog, you're, you might be correcting them. You're not teaching them as well as you could be. Right? You're not guiding them on the path. Instead, you're correcting them, saying, well, you can't make your own form of judgment. Your intuition is terrible. You're just doing things that a dog would do. You're not doing things that I want you to do. You're blaming the dog. And instead, what I want you to do is step back from taking control. Just step back. Okay. Instead of controlling every aspect of your dog's life, which is what I do recommend very often, Sometimes it gets taken out of context. 
instead of controlling every aspect of your dog's life, teach them how to live in our complex world. If you teach your dog how to live in our complex world, everything becomes 10 times easier. I'm going to briefly go over it, but if you're interested on how to do this in depth, head over to matadorcanine.com slash matadoruniversity and get signed up for Matador University Premier Access, where you get access to our daily life skills course. It's a wonderful course that teaches you exactly how to do this, the things that your dog should know how to do without you having to tell them anything, and to be a well-behaved dog. They just exist and know what to expect in daily life in a structured format so that you can focus on the other things that need your attention. You're not focused on constantly telling your dog to do stuff. They just do it. It's a wonderful way to live your life, and it makes your life 10 times easier. MatadorK9.com slash MatadorUniversity. Get signed up today so you can get access to the Daily Life Skills course. But you can teach your dog how to exist in your life by having them recognize what's going on, teach them the behaviors you want them to do in those situations, and then reward them accordingly. I always go back to this example because it's so easy to do and it makes so much sense and nobody does it. If I put my hand on the handle of the door, my dog should put their butt down. It's that simple. And then the reward is going outside. And you can set apart training time to teach that, to work on it, to make it 10 times easier for your dog when life actually happens. Another example is walking in the hallway. I have two hallways in my apartment that are very narrow. And when I walk through them, my dogs sometimes get in the way. So all I do is I taught them the word excuse me means to move out of the way. Either move forward, move to the left, or move to the right. It doesn't matter to me which direction they move in as long as they move out of my way so I can continue moving. Same thing goes for if I need to open up the you know oven door and my dogs are laying right in front of the oven. I just say excuse me. And then they move. Super simple. Or go lay down. Those are things that I can tell my dog to do, but are not necessary. Because after a while, they are going to start doing them on their own. When I come over to the oven and I go to open the oven door, if every single time I did that I said, excuse me, my dogs will then eventually move. Same thing with the hallway, and this is what has happened. I move into the hallway. Instead of saying, excuse me, they just move. That's it. Super simple. Right? If I send them to the kennel, part of that is having them lay down. So when I send them to the kennel, they just lay down. I don't have to tell them to lay down. Super, super simple. Teach your dog what they should be looking out for as the signal to start the behavior, what behavior you actually want them to do, and then reward it accordingly in the environment. This will make it so much easier for you if you just did that. Instead of gaslighting your dog saying, well, my dog knows nothing. They can't think for themselves. I'm just going to correct them every time they do something wrong because they're, you know, whatever. You can say they're stupid. Dogs aren't stupid. They're not spiteful, and they can be stubborn, but not in the way that we usually think. I saw this yesterday. Uh, it was a you know, 10 best e-collars for stubborn dogs. So multiple things wrong with that statement, but I'll just talk about the stubborn dogs part. Dogs are not stubborn in the way that we think. Stubborn technically means steadfast on one particular belief, ideology, or concept, right? So if I'm stubborn and that I think the sky is green, I'm just stubborn on that. 
I think that fact is true so much that I'm not going to yield to anybody else. But if I was stubborn on the fact that morally it's wrong to kill somebody, that's a good thing to be stubborn on. You can teach your dog to be stubborn on the right things by implementing what we've just talked about today. Teaching your dog how to coexist in your world and teach them how you want them to live in our complex world. You can get them so stubborn on the fact that when you move in the hallway, they move out of the way, that you don't have to reward them anymore. That's an advanced technique, and I do go over it in the Daily Life Skills course. Again, if you're interested in that, matadorcanine.com slash matadoruniversity. Are you gaslighting your dog? That's the question of the day. Are you gaslighting your dog? And I want you to think about it throughout the rest of today. The day that you listen to this episode. And now I want you to think about, am I gaslighting my dog? Am I gaslighting my dog? Am I correcting them or yelling at them for doing something wrong, even though I didn't teach them what they should be doing? They did something wrong, and I'm just correcting them, correcting them, correcting them, correcting them. Eventually, they're going to have confusion, and they're going to question their own judgment and intuition. And you're going to have a robot dog that does nothing. I knew of an individual who had two, I believe they were Dobermans. They had two Dobermans. And those dogs were robots. Robots. You walked into the house and those dogs did not move. They did not flinch. They did not look at you. They laid on their mats respectively and they did not move for hours. This was not them sleeping. This was the owner correcting them every single time they got up. So those dogs just learned, well, I'm just going to lay here. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to do nothing. They didn't go outside. They didn't play fetch. They weren't interested in toys. They didn't try to take food. Nothing. They were robots. They should have just been stuffed animals if that's what the owner wanted. Those dogs definitely questioned their own judgment and intuition to the point where they just gave up. That was learned helplessness. I'm just going to sit here because I don't know what else to do. Lay here, rather, because I don't know what else to do. And some people like a little bit of that. Oh, well, I don't want my dog to jump on people when they come in. That's great. We can teach that. I want my dog to relax on their bed when I ask them to. Great. We can teach that. We don't have to go as far as gaslighting them and saying they can't make their own decisions. They can't learn how to make their own decisions in environments, in situations. And so I'm going to correct the hell out of them to the point where they don't want to try anything else. There's a certain level that is forgivable of... Well, my dog did something wrong. Maybe I yell and I spook him for a second. And now I, now I have to take the responsibility of teaching them. They went to go steal my cousin's sandwich. I yelled their name to get them to stop. Now I got to work on it. So that part is forgivable. Oh, well, I yelled at my dog. That part's forgivable. That's not gaslighting. It's gaslighting if you do it over and over and over and over and over again because you think your dog can't make the right decisions and you can't teach them because you think they're stupid. That's gaslighting. Your dog is not stupid. They are wonderful creatures. They are incredibly intelligent. And they deserve the respect to learn how to live in our complex world, not just get punished by it. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to hear a particular topic talked about, make sure you let me know on social media. I appreciate you guys listening. I love you guys. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time.